0: Glory to Jesus Christ, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. This morning, our Lord gives us a parable to contemplate, and quite, how shall I say this, graphic parable that it is, we are told of a certain rich man. who is clothed in purple, which means he thinks himself royalty here. We have a rich man who goes about in royal purple, and not just that, but it's the finest linen that you can get on the market, and every day he has a very fine dining experience. tells us that he fared sumptuously every day day When I think of the rich man it's hard for me to think of a really small guy kind of think he's probably a little bit bigger that he is absorbed in what he can have what he can consume and I don't just mean what he can eat we obviously know that he eats very well very fine foods probably ate in that time, probably ate meat every single day, which would have been rare. We have a man who is absorbed in the world, who thinks of himself as a king. He's got purple on. This was one of the most expensive things that you could wear. And then we are given, in this diptych, Very close by, in fact at the gate, we're told of a beggar, and we're given his name Lazarus. He is not clothed in the finest purple linen, he is clothed in sores. And he does not have a fine bed to lay in, but he has his bed at the gate on the pavement, a bed of stone. He does not fare sumptuously, but it tells us that he just has desire for food. Because he does not actually get food. Because Jesus tells us he desires to be fed with just crumbs that could fall from the rich man's table. And the dogs accompany him not to go out hunting like probably the rich man, but to lick his sores. St. John Chrysostom tells us the dogs lick his sores because he has no life. He's laying there like a living corpse. He can't push them away. He can't shoo them away. We have the rich man who goes in and out clothed in the finest clothes, having nothing to worry about, but consumed with the world and with himself. Notice that throughout this parable, we know this is the parable of the rich man and the Lazarus. And Lazarus, we never know the name of the rich man, but we are given the name of Lazarus. If you notice the rich man when he goes to his reward, he does not speak to God ever. He only speaks to and names Abraham and Lazarus but we never hear the name of the rich man in his self-absorption in his attachment to the world it's like he's not a person he's not fully someone that you could say has a name he is so attached sunk into the world into carnality If we look at the way they pass, we can see the difference between them. When Lazarus dies, the one who is laid out on the pavement at the gate with sores all over him, as soon as he dies, the angels come and they lift him up to heaven. What happens when the rich man dies? The sentence is very sparse. The rich man also died and was buried. Lazarus taken up by angels. The rich man, he dies. He's buried. Up, down. The rich man had nothing to take with him because he had nothing of concern for anything that the earth couldn't give him. So he received the earth in burial. Lazarus had always longed for more than the earth could give. Justice, peace, love, compassion, brotherhood among humans. For all these things which actually make us human, make us in the image of God. The rich man was in the condition which is described in one of the prophets. Israel has grown fat with wealth and has forgotten God the poor man could do no such thing all he had was the remembrance of God he was too poor to be rooted into the earth because he was actually free of the earth righteous Lazarus we if you just read this and wonder it just seems like what we have here is a pretty successful guy he worked hard for everything And then you just have this guy who's laying about. He could probably get a job, right? You think he could get a job? Is this not? (laughs) I feel like I'm on a particular television show or something, right? Or a news network. he just get a job. He could be fine. He should be able to just pick himself up, and he should be fine. But what we have with Lazarus is the portrait painted by St. John Chrysostom is we actually have a righteous man. Can you imagine being in the state of Lazarus and you do not blaspheme God? You do not complain. You are not grieved by living next door to that guy, the rich man. He did not say within himself, why? Why am I like this? Why is this the place that I am put at? And then he looks at the man living in wickedness and cruelty and inhumanity who doesn't even look at him, right? And he enjoys all of these things. And I just want a pittance, just a little bit, a crumb. And he does not even give that to me. Maybe you all are better than me, but there is no way that I could be quiet about something like that. I'd probably have a sign. like, My neighbor's a jerk. <laughs> he won't feed me anything, right? Like, But Lazarus is quiet. He enjoys... Unmixed pleasure, St. John Chrysostom says. All he wants is necessary food. And he's not even given that. And he sees to him next to him someone who is entire substance, everything in his life is squandered, St. John Chrysostom says, on parasites, flatterers, and wine. To the rich man, all good things flow to him like a river. But for Lazarus, He's an object of shame, derision, and he's just hungry. Lazarus does not say, is this providence? He does not rail against God, but he is like Job. He is like the man of the Psalms who is looking to salvation, not in this world from others, but God himself. This is why the angels, as soon as he dies, They're already attending him and they just take him to where he belongs. We weave for ourselves spiritual bodies. Because as we go from this life to the next. St. John Chrysostom and the fathers tell us virtue is the only thing that we take with us. We're not going to take our purple garments, our fine linen, our nice steak dinners, our cars, our homes. Our 401Ks, whatever, we will take nothing with us in death. And we can see in the life of the rich man of Lazarus, Lazarus laid up for himself treasures in heaven, even as he was clothed with sores, that he was weaving for himself a beautiful garment that Christ had given to him. that he did not live on the surface as the rich man. He actually had a name. He had become a full person because of his his love and faith and perseverance and hope in Christ. He had done this not paying attention, of course, because he doesn't really have much clothes on. He's got sores, but he's clothed himself internally. The rich man, and this is always the thing about things, they keep us distracted We can't see people, rich man, in and out every day seeing Lazarus, an opportunity to repent, an opportunity to give alms, an opportunity to pour out of himself of all of the gifts. You would think he does. (laughs) I'm sure he had an entire platter of pheasant that he could just say, here you go, Lazarus. Right. This is from last night's party. We're going to throw it out anyways as they take the trash out and leave Lazarus there but that we tend to our hearts because the world and its anxieties and its fears is always somewhere up here, keeping us distracted from all of the pain and the things that we need to attend to. That we live from here, from the center of our being, not flitting about or living in the future. That we live from our hearts... Means that we're not invested in things or power or prestige, what we dress like, what we drive, what home we have, but that we are concerned about people, who they are, what they suffer, what they hope for, that we love even those that do not love us, that we are ready to give ourselves to real experiences instead of just things real sacrifice, real work. This is the real attachment that God wants us to have to the world. The rich man was attached to the world in the incorrect way. He just consumed it. We want to be attached to the world in love as the world exists in and through God. So the rich man, as he is in torment... And the gulf betwixt between them, he suddenly gets afraid for his family. And he wants Abraham to send Lazarus or someone back to tell his brothers about this. And Abraham tells him, he has Moses and the prophets. They they have opportunity because as we are attached to the world in God, as opposed to just the world for ourselves, God is always coming to us. He's coming to us in the Lazaruses in our life, whom we do not know their names yet, but we need to know their names. He comes to us in the situations, the pressures. uh, Dimitri Stanley talks about the pressure of God's providence, of things that happen, a car breaking down, a flat tire, all sorts of craziness, maybe mold in your home or something. (laughs) To allow us to rest in God. This is why we read the scriptures. It's why we have Moses and the prophets to constantly call us from being lost in all the other things and to descend into our hearts and find Christ who is always there, who is always inviting us, who's always calling to us, who's always beckoning to us, who is attending to us with his angels if we would just pay attention Who wants nothing more than for us to be clothed with his righteousness. To sit down at his festal table. To partake in eternal life. Because this is something that we can partake of. Even if we are like Lazarus. Laid out on the pavement. Having dogs licking our sores. But inside of our heart we are sitting at the festal table with God Almighty, with Christ who gave himself for the life of the world and the Holy Spirit who dwells within our hearts, bringing the love of God into our depths. Let us hear that call. Let us find Christ in the world, in the Lazaruses that are at our doorstep and our brothers and sisters and in the scripture that is where we find Christ again and again, making himself available to us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.